Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, everyone, I'm excited to bring our next guest onto the podcast here. This defenseman was taken third overall in the 2018 WHL Bantam Draft by the Prince Albert Raiders, where he's carved out a terrific WHL career so far, and last year had the honors of being drafted 32nd overall by the Chicago Blackhawks. Please welcome to the show, Nolan Allen. How are you doing today, man? I'm good. How are you guys? We're good. Uh, good. We're excited to talk to you, man. Um, so we like to start things off with, you know, what, how you grew up and kind of who your favorite WHL team was, who your favorite players were. Maybe you can tell us about that and a little bit about your influences as well. All right. So, uh, yeah, I'm from Davidson, Saskatchewan. It's uh, kind of a small town here. Um, it's a pretty central town. So we, we go to a lot of Blades games. We went to a couple of Warriors games, Pats games. We kind of go to, I guess, any team around. So I guess, I didn't, yeah, I didn't really have a team back then. But, um, you know, I remember watching, you know, Moose Shaw back in their day when they were good. You know, I guess actually a couple of years ago, um, you know, the Pats were good too and they had the Memorial Cup. Um, I, I don't think the Blades were very good back then, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah. I mean, you talk about like those teams with like Braden Point and Tanner Janot, um, back with Moose Shaw and stuff. Like, yeah, those were incredible teams. Um, so I did a little bit of research, obviously, and your dad was drafted by the Tacoma Rockets. Um, that's pretty cool. Um, so has he obviously been a big influence into uh, your reason to play hockey? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, yeah, him and uh, my uncle, I guess he uh, he played, too. So, you know, growing up, uh, he, w- he was coaching me, you know, from, you know, when I was little until I left uh, left town to go play Bantam in the, in the city. So, uh yeah, he was a huge – him and my uncle were huge influences on me for sure. That's sweet. <laughs> so uh, you, you played against your brother at Calgary on the Calgary Hitmen. Um, Blake, uh, what, what was that been – what has that been like playing against your brother uh, all the time? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a little weird the first couple of games. Um, 
my first uh, first time we played against each other was kind of cool. Uh, I was called up when I was 15, I guess. I called up to the Raiders, and they were playing Cooney that week, and it, it was uh, his first year in the league too. So got to play him once there, and then uh, got to play him a couple times when he was on the Pats, and yeah, finished her off with Calgary. So uh, yeah, it's always fun playing against him for sure. Yeah, and your your little brother was uh, drafted by the Raiders in the 2021 draft. Uh, what does that mean to you and your family? There's a possibility both of you could be playing for the same WHL team at one point. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, everyone's feel familiar with the organization, the city. Parents come to lots of games. So, uh, yeah, they're happy. Everyone's happy. He's, uh, he's pretty excited. And, uh, yeah, hopefully I get to play against him at fall camp this year. Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet for sure. Get some, get a little brother tandem going. Um, so you got to play at the U18s last year. Uh, what was the selection process like for you personally? What was it like to be named to Team Canada? Yeah, I mean, it's always an honor to be named to Team Canada. Um, it was kind of weird, actually, because I guess that was a COVID year and we were in mm -hmm. the bubble. Like the Western League wasn't really playing everyone, so each division had their own bubble, right? So it was kind of just, yeah, they just made the selection and I got a call one day and said, leaving the bubble early. So it's pretty excited. But, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was awesome playing at the, the U18. So, um, you know, the team we had there, you know, it was, it was pretty special. I mean, some really good players on that for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so you think uh, about guys like, Connor Bedard, Shane Wright, Mason McTavish, Olin Zellweger. I mean, the list goes on. You got you got to play with some phenomenal guys. Um, what what was it like just getting to, you know, dice it up with them in the locker room, practice together, and then even just win gold together? Yeah, I mean, it's it's great. It's always, you know, making new buddies. I mean, um, you know, didn't really know a whole lot of the guys. I was the only Saskatchewan guy on the team. So uh yeah, it was it was great to, you know, meet those guys out west and you know, some of them, I guess, who I've played against, but, you know, familiar faces, kind of get to know them off the ice a bit was pretty cool, too. And, I mean, during the tournament, you got you had a monster hit on uh, Chibrikov and threw him into the bench there. <laughs> what do you remember from, from that hit? Yeah, um, I remember it was like, I to the game. Um, yeah, he was just coming over the blue, and, yeah, I seen him with his head down a little bit, and I had decided to finish my check on him. I think the whistle blew, so it was like, <laughs> like I don't even know if it was allowed, but hey, it made the highlight reel. That's for sure. I mean, yeah, yeah that was a monster hit. I remember looking at that, and I was just like, God, that's that's what the WHL is all about, right there. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, my question is: Is who do you model your game after? Um. You know, I'm more of a, you know, defensive type defenseman. Um, I kind of, I kind of like to watch well, a local guy here, uh, Braden McNabb. He, uh, he's Vegas there. He's kind of, uh, you know, defensive physical, you know, presence out there. So mm -hmm. I kind of watch him a bit and, you know, try to take after a couple things that he does well. So nice. that's a good guy to compare to former WHL guy as well. Yeah. He, he's a truck out there. So <laughs> Yeah, he's a, he's a big boy. So he is. <laughs> yeah, he sure hits, hits, uh, makes those big hits too. I've uh, seen a few of those. Yeah, yeah, he played the body pretty good. So it's always fun to see. Yeah. Um, 
you know, the 2021 draft, I mean, was there any indication that the Chicago Black was going to pick you in the first round? Or, uh, I mean, a lot of rankings had you in second, third round, and you got drafted in the first. Uh, was there, did you have any idea that you would be drafted there? Um, I talked to Chicago before the draft quite a bit. Uh, kind of, I knew, I knew they had interest, but uh, it wasn't like, I wasn't sure really where I was going to go. Um, you know, there were so many different, I guess, teams saying different things and I guess rankings, you know, every, every team had, had, uh, you had a different spot. So it was, it was kind of weird, but, uh, yeah, there was, they were, uh, it was pretty exciting there, you know, getting to watch home with all, all the family and stuff. And yeah. Yep. yeah. Now, I mean, it was part of the, I mean, last couple drafts have been done over zoom um how was that doing the draft over zoom instead of the normal um going to a place and actually and coming up to the podium what was it like doing it uh virtually yeah it's it's not what you i guess imagine or dream of when you're a little kid you do <laughs> go on the draft and all that stuff but honestly i was you know grateful it worked out that way i was uh you know just able to sit on the couch with my family and watch it ourselves and you know that was pretty special moments I guess and then you know after obviously half the town like came over to my house so <laughs> that's pretty cool yeah. what uh what was Blackhawks camp like for you um obviously you got to walk into the you know the United Center and there's the history there is just remarkable of what you know the dynasty was able to complete there and um, certain guys, obviously, who are still there, like Patrick Kane and whatnot. Uh, what was it like for you just to, you know, surround yourself um, in that locker room and around certain guys? Yeah, I think the first couple of days were, for sure, were, you know, very starstruck. You walk out there, see Patty Kane out there, you're like, holy. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you do it. Um, it was really, really cool experience, you know, to see those guys and, you know, see all these players that you've been watching, you know, grow up and then, you know, be out there on the ice with them, you know, sending them passes. So, yeah, it was uh, it was a pretty cool experience, you know, a lot to learn. So there's a lot, a lot of good things to take from it. Yeah, absolutely. Did the Blackhawks ask you to work on anything uh, for this past season? Um, it wasn't, you know, one specific thing. It's just, you know, I guess elevating your game throughout the season, you know, continuing to get better and do more things. You know, like, uh, I guess you start off the year and your defense can get better throughout the year. And, you know, same with offense. And it's, it's yeah, it's elevating your game throughout the year. Biggest yeah, thing. For, yeah, for sure. Um, what was, what would you say was the coolest moment from the entire camp for you? Uh, the coolest moment, uh, probably playing in preseason game. There I got to play and I guess Kane was playing and Taze and all those guys, so. That was, wow. that was a moment. Nice. Yeah, I was awesome. So <laughs> that's yeah, that's super cool. Uh, we're gonna kind of go back into your what you're doing nowadays with Prince Albert, obviously. Um, but let's flash back a little bit. What was your welcome to the WHL moment? Ooh, welcome to the WHL. Hmm, <laughs> a tough one. I remember, uh, remember when I was called up and I, I guess it would have been the same game I played against my brother. 
um we were we were beating Kootenai I don't know it was like 6-2 and it was like in the third so normally I wouldn't be playing against I lined up next to like Peyton Krebs and I'm like holy this guy's getting drafted first round this year yeah. <laughs> Start, uh, a little bit of nerves out there but uh yeah that was probably it that's awesome. I mean, Krebs is a remarkable player. I mean, it, it, what he's going to be able to do with Buffalo is is insane. I'm excited to see it. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be a good player, too. Um, we already kind of touched on the whole pandemic thing. Um, you, We can kind of talk about it a little bit. But, like, what was it like just to play through the bubble and just play through the pandemic over the last couple of years? I mean, obviously, this year, fans were allowed back in, so it's been a little bit different, but... Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was hard. It was weird. Um, it actually started out, I guess, the COVID year in LaRange playing with the SJHL team here. So yep. I got that for a couple of weeks and then they got shut down and I was back to just skating and training. And then finally the bubble got going and yeah, it was good to get back playing games, but you could tell it was, you know, different without fans there. It wasn't the same. It's sort of the feel I got from it, but, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a weird year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you know, back in Prince Albert, I mean, you're playing with Caden Gooley. I mean, he's one of the top prospects for the Montreal Canadiens. How how le- is he as legit as he looks? Uh, you know, being a top prospect. Yeah, yeah, he's good. I mean, <laughs> uh, he, I'm sure you can tell seeing what he's doing in the or what he did in the WHL playoffs there <laughs> yeah yeah right <laughs> now I was just shaking my head was but um yeah yeah he's 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 gonna be really good I think he's gonna be a problem in the NHL <laughs> yeah I mean you yourself you put up 41 points this season a career high so far um what do you say is your a key component to your game of I mean, you said you were a defensive defenseman, but putting up 41 points, looking more like the two-way uh, defenseman now, um, you know, what is the key component of that? Yeah, I think that's just the whole thing. I think, um, you know, my strength is defense, obviously, and then, you know, chipping in an offense where I can, you know, I guess that's how I improve and, you know, can improve to be that, you know, two-way defenseman. And I think that's how it comes, just, you know, working working on your strengths and then, you know, adding little other things too. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's a good, good way to develop your game for sure. Um, who's somebody in the locker room that keeps things light? Keeps things light. Hmm. I'll say even like just the biggest prankster. <laughs> I see that guy likes to joke around. Yeah. He's nice. always, yeah, he's, he's always got pranks for guys in the morning, leaners or <laughs> but yeah he keeps it that's awesome uh how has coach mark Habscheid been to you um obviously he's been a veteran coach in the whl and a long time guy um how has he been to you in prince albert yeah he's been he's been good i mean uh he's uh the whole the whole coaching staff is huge in the management i mean it's a huge part why they won the you know whl championship go and you know why they turned this Prince Albert around kind of, you know, they weren't doing that well probably 10 years ago. Yeah. It sort of turned the organization around. So a lot, a lot of credits due to them for, you know, building the culture and the the team in Prince Albert. 
Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing is that uh, he's been able to do that. So that, that's great. Um, just to finish off uh, you know, our show here, you know, just some, just some random questions. Uh, what do you do outside of hockey? Uh, outside of hockey, I, we farm back home. So I uh, help out when I can there. And then I like to golf a little bit. So we're, I'm nice. living in the and don't got much to do. So a lot of golf right now. <laughs> nice uh what's your stanley cup final prediction you got colorado or tampa uh i want colorado but i think (laughs) that's fair yeah that's fair um one final question you've been great man thank you so much for joining us uh if you could be paired up with any defenseman in the nhl right now who would it be and why cool kale mccarr oh yeah okay yeah (laughs) for that one but oh no not at all <laughs> yeah so that's an easy one yeah absolutely well thanks so much man uh good luck in the off season good luck next season and hopefully we can chat again soon yeah for sure thanks for having me uh, on guys yeah you bet buddy later yeah. how's it going everyone that was nolan allen of the prince albert raiders we hope you enjoyed that interview I am your host, Colton Davies, and alongside me, well, not alongside me, but across from me is Matthew Zader on the other side of the screen here. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about the WHL Championship, the Memorial Cup, which is finally all set. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about some WHL players that are in the Stanley Cup final, and of course, our bus ride segment this week is Darren Helm, Uh, and we have a little bit more news to chat about. Uh, We'll jump right into some news that was just dropped, though. Um, Hockey Canada has invited 34 WHL players to the national junior team selection camps. Um, so for the under 18 selection camp, which will take place July 20th to 27th, um, ahead of the 2022 Helenka Gretzky cup, there are a number of players invited. I will go through all of them, I guess, since we'd seem to just do that on all of the lists anyways. Um, (laughs) So Carson Bjarnson from the Brandon Wheat Kings, Scott Ratzlaff from the Seattle Thunderbirds, Jackson Unger from the Moose Jaw Warriors, Lucas Dorsevich from the Tri-City Americans, Caden Hamill from the Camelot Blazers, Mazden Leslie from the Vancouver Giants, Tanner, Tanner Molendyke from the Saskatoon Blades, Caden Price from the Kelowna Rockets, Sage Weinstein from the Spokane Chiefs, Zachary Benson from the Winnipeg Ice, Andrew Kristall from the Kelowna Rockets, Riley Hayde from the Prince George Cougars, Tanner Howe from the Regina Pats, Callan Lind from the Red Deer Rebels, Sam Aremba from the Seattle Thunderbirds, Logan Wormad from the Lethbridge Hurricanes, and Braden Yeager from the Moose Jaw Warriors. Um, so number of players there invited, obviously a lot of standout individuals, of course, for the 2023 draft. Um, two guests of Western Centric as well in that list. So that's pretty cool. Um, what do you take from that list, though, Matthew? Oh, a lot, a lot of uh, talented guys on there. We've talked about a few of them, like you said, two on the been on the show already, and um, number of guys from Langley, uh, BC, which is which is nice to see. Um, mm-hmm. Right, really close to where I live right now, and um, it's always great to see that. And uh, yeah, actually, lots of BC-born players in that list, um, yep. which is which is awesome. So um yeah lots lots of great names there and lots of guys are going to be part of that world juniors after this too i'm oh, sure yeah. they'll be up in the next one so 
Uh, keep an eye on a lot of these guys. Like you said, the 2023 draft uh, has a few of those guys as well. So uh, exciting. Yeah, very, very. Um, obviously, um, certain guys like Caden Price are starting to make some rumblings and Mazin Leslie for, you know, defense next year's draft. If you've um, our listeners, if you've had a chance to take a look, it's mostly loaded up with forwards, but there's a number of defensemen that uh, will make an impact. And Lucas Dracevich is another one. Um, yeah, it's exciting times. We, you, you've, if you've listened to us before, you've heard us rave about the next year's draft. So, um, we'll go through a handful of guys here that were invited to the, uh, junior team selection camp, uh, the summer camp for the, uh, world juniors. Uh, so goaltender, Tyler Brennan, goaltender, Chase Coward and goaltender, Thomas Millich. Uh, I guess Brennan plays for the Cougars, Coward plays for the Rebels and Thomas Millich, of course, plays for the Thunderbirds. Millich is a guy who I think they're heavily going to look at and consider obviously due to his uh, great great season but even more dominant playoff run and what he was able to do to backpack seattle there through those three rounds and obviously into the final um he's definitely a guy i think they'll consider it'll, it'll be interesting because is this I, I didn't actually take a full look at this is this for this year's world juniors that they're looking or is this um, for the next year from what like, it said in the statement here is that um let's see here Oh, 2023 2023 okay for 2023 so 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 definitely then like guys like thomas millich will definitely have a chance um to get onto that roster i don't see how he would not be a goaltender um you know as as a favorite to be a starter um, and then, so Nolan Allen of the Prince Albert Raiders. Wow, fun. There we go. That worked <laughs> out kind of well. Uh, Kevin Korchinski of the Seattle Thunderbirds. Gannon LaRock of the Victoria Royals. Denton Matejchuk of the Moose Jaw Warriors. Owen Pickering of the Swift Current Broncos. Ethan Sampson from the Prince George Cougars. Colton Dock from the Kelowna Rockets. Nate Danielson from the Brandon Wheat Kings. Jaeger Furkers from the Moose Jaw Warriors. Connor Geeky from the Winnipeg Ice. Matthew Savoy from the Winnipeg Ice. Zach Ostapchuk from the Vancouver Giants. Reed Schaefer from the Seattle Thunderbirds. And Sean Shegrill from the calgary hitman so a number of great talented players there obviously a number of these guys are draft eligible this year some of them have already been drafted like nolan allen for example zach ostapchuk um and forgive me if anybody else in this list was drafted i think sean shegrill might have been drafted i don't know um but yeah i mean another great list of players and um i think matejchuk is definitely like matejchuk and korchinski i think those are definitely guys that they'll they'll look at for this year yeah um there, there's actually quite a few guys that i'll probably look at uh, oh yeah you i mean like savoy geeky yeah yeah it's like insane um that team's going to be loaded uh as well i mean the canada's always loaded so i guess <laughs> i guess it doesn't really it doesn't really matter what year it is but um yeah lots of great names there and lots of guys we're going to be we've already followed because of the draft so yeah um yeah, it's going to be fun. And they got the World Juniors again in August here, which is the 2022 version. And then the 2023 version is like a few months later. So that's going to be yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah. And to our listeners, that's kind of what I was just got confused about there was just if that was these were lists being, you know, out for this year or if it was for the 2023 World Juniors. Um, but as far as I know, like from what we read, they're not making any changes to the roster heading into the World Juniors no. this summer. So, yeah. I mean, all these guys, it's, you know, it's free game and uh, it's going to be really interesting to see because, you know, some of those guys from that Seattle team, that's what I wonder, like Reed Schaefer really made a big impact and he was a, he was a pest to play against throughout the playoffs. And he, you know, reverse hit guys and plays a big body game. He's six three two thirteen. 
Um, yeah, it's gonna be a gonna be a good team. Um, so let's talk about them though. Let's talk a little bit more about the Seattle Thunderbirds and the Edmonton Oil Kings and the WHL Championship. Um, congratulations to the Edmonton Oil Kings on claiming the Ed Shenath Trophy. Um, who stood out to you? Well, <laughs> there's a few guys that have read. I mean, Dylan Genther. I mean, I guess just without saying, he always stands out. Uh, he was he's been amazing throughout the playoffs. Uh, and of course, I mean, the Oil Kings are just. I mean, we kind of. I kind of. I can't remember who I chose to go through. I'm pretty sure I did. With you the said. Oil Kings. I think. Think you said Seattle. And was Seattle. it Seattle? Yeah. Can't remember now. See, I have to. We can go back and look. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I mean, the Oil Kings are just—they're such a good team, and it, how how stacked they are, and like you know, we've talked about a few guys that kind of stood out. Uh, Thomas Millich was a huge, uh, huge standout for me. Uh, I'll be writing his uh, prospect profile here in a couple days, so um, you know, again, I mean, there was a profile written last year, but he's changed a lot from last year. Of oh what, yeah, uh, tremendous. Of what he's done, and now you know being such a such a standout for the Thunderbirds bringing them all the way to the championship and almost winning it so uh he he was great throughout and like we talked about Reed Schaefer is another guy that's been and really good and my gosh I mean that Seattle wasn't expected to go this far I mean there's so many other teams that like Everett was eliminated so early everyone kind of thought they were going to be a little bit more of a challenger so um congrats to the Thunderbirds for making it this far and uh, a lot of their guys stood out to me. I mean, you know, you kind of say with the Oil Kings, the normal uh, suspects, but um, a lot of the Seattle guys really, really were really good uh, throughout the playoffs. And there's a reason they were in the championship uh, for sure. Absolutely. You nailed it on the dot there. Um, you know, Jared Davidson, you know, he was another great guy, you know, at, he's going to be a 20 year old this year coming into the WHL. So he can backpack that team again. Um, Seattle can, you know, there's no reason why they wouldn't uh, turn around and just go for it again. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You've got this team, um, you know, guys like Lucas Fishkovsky, I think really set his place in the Penguins prospect pool mm -hmm. with his performance. Um, obviously a later round selection, but you know, 28 points at 24 games and 1.17 points per game. Pretty, pretty solid. Um, yeah. <laughs> on the Oil King side, uh, Carter Such, uh, he was a guy who just, I mean, we talked about him last week, but 21 points, 19 games, he was just phenomenal. Um, and then obviously you have Dylan Genther, as you've you know mentioned. Uh, Caden Gooley is a guy who, you know, we'll talk a little bit about, um, yeah, we'll just talk about him now. Uh, playoff MVP, um, you know, congrats to him. That guy can just hit people. Like, you know, we, we talked to Nolan Allen about hitting people and about Braden McNabb. Wow, Gooley can just I, I don't even know. It, it was fun to watch. I mean, he was just reverse hitting guys and just taking out guys. Um, he's an exciting guy. Um, and somebody I can't wait to see in the NHL. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I think I think he's gonna be a, a pretty good player in the NHL too. Yeah, you know, I have a there's I've seen those concerns about his game, um, but I I don't know. You know, he, he had a good playoff performance with, you know, 16 points and 19 games there. Um, but just that sheer shutdown defensive role that he was playing and being able to just lock down the Seattle rushes. Um, yeah. He, he's going to be a guy I think that, you know, they'll heavily depend on. And if I remember correctly, they paired him with Prokop 
So that's a pretty good pairing to have together. That's a pretty good tandem. (laughs) Um, Jake Neighbors, obviously, you know, he was excited to to win that. He's a guy who uh, I'm a really big fan of. He plays, you know, he's a Swiss Army knife, plays all those roles. Um, But just he's a guy who I think can, you know, really end up in St. Louis next year and make an impact. Um, But it was it was awesome. It was great to, you know, great to see the, the run that Edmonton went on and to claim the championship that um, a lot of people would say is rightfully theirs considering the season and the loaded team that they had. Um, if they had failed, I don't know what people would have said, but <laughs> that, that's for obviously a, another, another, you know, another lifetime, yeah. but you know, them celebrating Caleb Reimer, that was something I wanted to talk about. And, you know, when they pulled out the Jersey and they, they showed it to the crowd and, that was special because obviously, you know, Caleb was a prospect for the Edmonton Oil Kings who had had a couple games in the system and unfortunately was killed um, in what was a car accident um, prior to this year's season. And for them to just celebrate his life like that, um, it was, it was remarkable to see Uh, very emotional for a lot of people, of course, um, as you saw in the post game conferences, but uh, very touching, very classy by the Edmonton Oil Kings organization and shout out to them. Yeah, that, that was a great moment. And uh, like, and now like them going to the Memorial cup, it it always, it just brings more to this. So yeah, uh, that that's great. I mean, it's, it's awesome to see. Yeah, absolutely. And just to touch on one more thing with the Oil Kings, I mentioned last week or the week before that the Blazers should get Josh Williams. Yeah. I'm and I'm, I'm a little bit not, educated sometimes on things i say as people are aware uh he's 21 so that's not impossible but <laughs> but if there's anybody that we're gonna that the blazers can poach from edmonton i i wouldn't mind wouldn't mind luke prokop if he doesn't uh end up in the american hockey league which is hard for me to not envision i, I can i really see him taking that step forward and going into milwaukee next year or even the nhl i mean he could surprise a lot of people nashville needs help so yeah you um, never know. <laughs> that's yeah well, you never know. That's just the thing, right? Look at uh, look at what some players have been able to do and just how they're able to just jump on the scene and make an impact right away. And um, So let's talk a little bit about where Seattle goes from here. Um, we kind of talked about it at the top there, but a chunk of their team returns. Do you, like, do you think that this is a team that just kind of takes that step back when they kind of go, okay, we made it we can focus on retooling a little bit more or do you think they go we were we were two wins we were not two wins but we were a few wins away from you know hoisting the whl championship um do they just load up again well i don't know like the thing is like you said a lot of the team's coming back but uh you know do you think that they're i mean they did get Maybe it was a little bit of a surprise run. I don't know. Like they're going to have Korchinski back. It's going to be a big part of their defense. Uh, you know, it's a lot of their guy, like Reed Schaefer is coming back. You got a lot of their key, key, key uh, positions are coming. Um, Millich most likely will, will be back again. Um, they do lose a couple guys with Rybinski and Swishkovsky. Yeah. Um, they lose Tyrell Bauer, but like, you, you saw the depth that Seattle was able to produce there with Lucas Siona coming up big and uh, Nico Majadovic coming up big, Reed Schaefer, obviously. Like, it's a deep team. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 if I was them, I would probably, you know, add a bit of things to kind of maybe push it over the top because, 
you know, if you're this close, may as well try. I mean, it's not like you're losing a ton of big guys. So I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I think they should try at least one more year to see how, how it goes. Yeah, that's my that's my thoughts too. And they have Tija Ginla, of course, coming in to make you know a bigger impact next year. Um, and uh, classic Western centric. We're gonna go off the the train tracks here for a second. But <laughs> congratulations to Jada Ginla on winning the gold medal for the women's. Um, yes. so that was pretty cool. Yes. Uh, congratulations yeah. to her and the entire Ginla family. Um, I was having a conversation with my father the other night. Um, over supper about uh, just about like the Ginla family and what they're able to, what they're accomplishing right now and how. It's not just Jerome. He's just got these incredible genes that have traveled through. And, you know, Tej is now, you know, he goes ninth overall in the WHL draft. And Jade's out here, you know, capturing a championship gold medal. And I do believe she's going to Harvard next, like in the next couple of years. Like, it's remarkable what, you know, what the Aginla family has been able to do. Um, So shout out again to her. Um, But just back on track. um, so they got, you know, they got Tej Ginla coming in. And then, of course, they've got, they drafted Braden Coots just recently, too. So there's a number of players coming through. Yeah. So I think they so. should just try, try one more year, see how it goes. Cause, you know, you're this close and you're going, you've beat, you beat a few really good teams on their way there. So when you think about it, like Korchinski quarterback, that power play quarterback, sorry, that defense core and was there he was there like he was their guy and he's 17 yeah like you just like right he's only gonna mature he's only gonna get better whatever team drafts him um he's gonna go to development camp and he's gonna you know just succeed and come back an even better player Mm -hmm. so i'm excited to see what he can do next year yeah even though that they're they're you know there was some talk about his defensive game doesn't looking very good against edmonton but you know, yep. he's going up against I don't know, how much talent that team has. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> yeah, people were people were critical about his defensive play, but I think that's something that I had a conversation with a buddy of mine about it, and I think people don't realize that you know the defensive play can be taught though. Like, it can it's something that can be developed through you know yeah. through NHL development. You know, that's coaches what I always can work too. with him, and they can make him a better two way defender. Um, you talked we talked about with Nolan Allen about how he describes his game as a defensive defenseman, but you know he goes to this Chicago camp, and not that Chicago said anything to him, but you know he comes out and puts up forty one points. It's just like. He turns it around, and I think that, you know, even these offensive guys can dig in a little bit and find the defensive game. So I think yeah. he's got what it takes. Well, that's the thing. Defense can be can be taught and molded, and the offensive game that he's got, it, that's something you can't really teach too much. So, uh, you know, you can develop in that defensive game. It's not like he hasn't shown a possibility to do that. So... And I don't worry about that type of stuff. I mean, unless you're like horrible and you don't know how you don't have any smarts to your game, then maybe not. But uh, I think he's got enough to do that. Absolutely. Um, so once again, congratulations to the Minton Oil Kings. Uh, and now you guys get to represent the WHL in the 2022 Memorial Cup, which is all set. So we got Edmonton, we got Hamilton. We got Shawinigan and we got St. John. Uh, St. John obviously is the host. Shawinigan won the Quebec League and the Hamilton Bulldogs won the Ontario Hockey League last night, actually defeating Windsor. I think they actually spanked Windsor. Yeah, they did. Uh, six to yeah. one. Six to one? Six I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, our pal Scott Wheeler put out a little tweet yesterday. 
Uh, he said the 2022 Memorial Cup is going to be darn good. Absolutely loaded with drafted NHL talent. Bulldogs, Sea Dogs, Cataracts, Oil Kings. You have McTavish, Dufour, Kosa, Genther, Sordiff, Neighbors, Gooley, Bork, Borgo. The list goes on. Yeah. Hey, that's pretty exciting. Like when you put it like that, there's a lot of talent. And, um, you know, William DeFore is a guy that uh, is going to be on the world junior roster this year. Um, you know, and then just, we already talked about the, the little dynasty that Edmonton has, of course, and Maverick Bork is a player we've talked a little bit about as well. Of course, the connection with the Dallas stars um, and Xavier Borgo is another guy who's kind of flying under the radar in that sense. Uh, what are you, what are you expecting? It's well, it's gonna be fun. <laughs> I mean, the Memorial Cup yeah. we haven't had in like a year, so uh, yeah, or two years, two yeah. years. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just it being have, happening is is amazing. And, um, lots of talented teams here. You got well, the Hamilton Bulldogs were like, again, Oof. talk about a stacked team. They got, yeah, you know, Mason McTavish is basically an NHL player. I mean, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, he's a man. Uh, it's like they're playing against an NHL guy. So, um and you know that team has been lights out throughout the season and into the playoffs so uh they're going to be a force and of course we've talked about the oil kings they're going to be be really good uh Shawinigan was good all year um they're another top team and then and st john's the host but i mean they made the playoffs and they got they got a bit of a they fired their coach though which is kind of interesting <laughs> yeah it is a little interesting so. um yeah i'm not sure how that works um but if you need a coach, call us. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you want to talk about Logan Morrison for a second? He has 39 points in 19 games. Now, I don't, I don't not really like, I don't, you know, watch the OHL a whole lot. Um, but I, I've been paying attention, obviously, throughout the playoffs. And wow, this guy has just been unbelievable. Like, 39 yeah, especially points on a team with Mason McCavish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they, I mean, this, that, Hamilton team has has some talent on it. I mean, you look at um, just those two guys up front there with Morrison and Avery Hayes, but then you look at the NHL drafted talent with Mason McTavish, Ryan Winterton, Winterton, wow, um, Arbor, Ek, or, yeah, w- whatever his name is, and Yan Misak and oh, Artem Grushnikov, right? So, like, there's a number of the, this team's pretty good. Yeah. And you look at how many goals that Morrison scored in the playoffs already 17, 17 goals in 19 games. So it's like, yeah, he, he's, um, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. I think, uh, <laughs> I think, yeah, like for my, I think for my prediction, like, I think, I think it's going to be a Hamilton Edmonton final. That's what I'm saying too. I mean, just based on the power that they got um, both sides. Yeah. I mean, I, they're they're Yeah. They'd be hard to, to, pick against I mean, <laughs> the, I mean the two so i mean that's the two most dominant players realistically or i mean sorry two most dominant teams in the tournament realistically um you know st john is an interesting one though because you talk about teams that host and then you, you want to be you know you want to be that team you want you know if if you host you want to be able to win you know the the Quebec trophy or the the OHL trophy yeah. or the WHL trophy you don't just want to have that free buy and St. John you know they as as people probably don't know they tried they tried their hardest actually uh they were able to poach a lot of talent out of the NCAA and get them to uh commit decommit sorry from the NCAA and commit to St. John 
um, which includes guys like Peter Reynolds. Um, just off the top of my head, Peter Reynolds is one, one name I can think of because he played in the BC Hockey League. But it's just an interesting team. And because they were bounced in the first round, um, I think that there, there was a lot that they could work on over the last month and a bit, I guess you could say. They probably had a month and a half to work on it. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see if they come in as a newish team. And you talk about them, you know, getting rid of their coach, obviously, which is a big, you know, interesting one. But it, it's going to be interesting, I think. Like, I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what they can do. Because as a host team, you always want to load up. And they mm-hmm. did, in a sense, load up and get some of that talent. Uh, it's just going to be really interesting as i've said multiple times uh <laughs> just to see what they can do and how they can compete against shawinigan hamilton and edmonton because i think that they might surprise people but they could also just go oh and through oh and three or oh and four here so yeah you know and that's the thing they're always the hosts if they don't uh aren't there because they win uh it's it's an interesting it's an interesting dynamic sometimes um with that team coming in so um, I'm sure they don't want to be embarrassed uh, because they're on, you know, at no. home. They don't want to and, be. They don't want to like, be embarrassed every game. They had a decent season too. Like they had players who had decent seasons. They had two guys who had over 100 points, and William Dufour, who of course is an yeah. Islanders pick, and somebody we just talked about, who had 116 points, 56 goals. Josh Lawrence had 101 points. Um, yeah, some Brady Burns. Brady Burns was another. Was the other player I was. Uh, I was trying to say there um, who decommitted from college and you know jeremy poirier calgary flames guy yan kuznetsov was going to go to yukon he was going to go play for the university of connecticut but he decommitted and came over to st john instead um kuznetsov actually ended up playing in the american hockey league for the first like half of his season this year so he had 13 points in 25 games so he's not like you know there's some talent here on this team and you know peter reynolds obviously philip doust um Yeah, I don't think, you know, they're obviously, they're the underdogs, clearly, um, but you never count them out. Yeah, they're there, so (laughs) they can win. So I think for, you know, my full prediction here, you know, the Oil Kings match up pretty well against all these teams. I think the the struggle will be against Hamilton. um, But, you know, I think my full prediction is it's going to be a Edmonton-Hamilton final with Edmonton taking it four to three in overtime. Ah, there you go. Uh, well, I'm going to go, hmm, yeah, I'm gonna say, well, I'm going to say Oil Kings and Bulldogs in the final as well, um, but I'm going to go with a lower score uh, because, Ooh. I mean, Sebastian Kosa um, on Edmonton side is really good. So That's the, true. So I'm, I'm going to say 2-1, and uh, it's going to be a close okay. game. 2-1, um, I, I'll go overtime too. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Uh, overtime winner. I think for me, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Carter Such. Ah, there you go. Well, I'm gonna go with a low hanging fruit and say Dylan Genther. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. He's gonna be back in time, right? He should be good. He was uh, injured. Yeah, he's been. Uh, I, as far sure. as I know, he's like they're expecting him to be back. So pretty sure. Well, if he's coming off injury, then uh, well, I hope so. I hope he's. I hope so too. Uh, <laughs> um. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, while you do that, uh, WHL players in the Stanley Cup final. The Stanley Cup final, of course, got underway last night. Colorado Avalanche took out Tempe Lightning in game one in overtime. Uh, in remarkable game. Wow. I mean, that 
first period really was i mean the, just the atmosphere in denver and the ball arena is electric holy smokes um so for the Tampa Bay Lightning, the WHL players are Cal Foote, former Kelowna Rocket, Brandon Hagel, former Red Deer Rebel, and Braden Point, former Moose Jaw Warrior. Um, and for Colorado, it's Darcy Kemper, former Red Deer Rebel, uh, Bowen Byram, former Vancouver Giant, Ryan Murray, former Everett Silvertip, Trent Miner, former Vancouver Giant, and Darren Helm of the Medicine Hat Tigers, which works out well because Darren Helm is our bus ride segment today. I figured he was a good one to talk about because he is a guy who has kind of been through it all, like in terms of what we're talking about right now. Um, he of course was in the Memorial cup in 2007. He won a WHL championship and now he's in the Stanley cup. So I figured it was a good guy to talk about. Um, but just a quick little side note, uh, Colorado's hockey operations staff features a trio of WHL alumni, which include general manager, Joe Sackick of the Lethbridge. Hurricanes and Swift Current Broncos from 1986-1988, and then head coach Jared Bednar, who played for Saskatoon, Spokane, Medicine Hat, Prince Albert, and assistant coach Nolan Pratt, who played for the Portland Winterhawks. The Tampa Bay Lightning's hockey operation includes WHL alumni assistant general manager Stacy Roast, who played for the Medicine Hat Tigers, and Jamie Pusher, who played for the Lethbridge Hurricanes. So there's a handful of alumni available. Pretty cool. Yeah, there's lots of actually WHL flavor in the Stanley Cup final, which is which is great. It works out. Um, we are going to drive into our bus ride segment now. Uh, so obviously we talked about this last week. This is a new segment that we are starting up. It is a weekly segment where we dive into a former WHL or current WHL players career. Um, most notably though, they will be a former player. Uh, we won't dive into too many current players, um, but it's a former player. Uh, this guy could, uh, played in the National Hockey League, but also could have done, you know, gone on and not done anything in the NHL. Um, could have had a career in Europe, could have just retired. Uh, so we're going to go through, you know, a number of guys over these next, you know, over the summer and over, you know, hopefully this continues to grow. Um, and you can also let us know if you want us to uh, do a deep dive of anybody. So you can let us know on Twitter at Western Centric and just, yeah, let us know with the bus ride segment who you want to see. Uh, and this week it's Darren Helm. So Matthew, how will you walk us through a little bit about Darren Helm? Well, first of all, I remember him, um, way back when with the, you know, playing against the Vancouver giants all the time, medicine had tigers, uh, would score almost, I don't know. I'd say almost every game I watched, <laughs> yep. maybe scoring goals and, uh, had a 41 goal season that one year, uh, going to the Stanley, um, not Stanley cup. Uh, he's in the Stanley cup now, uh, Memorial cup, uh, final and, you know, didn't win it, but, uh, very power, high powered team that, uh, Darren Helm was part of um, in medicine hat, a uh, bunch of guys are, you know, went on to the NHL and Tyler Ennis, Chris Russell, Derek Dorsett, Matt Keatley, um, briefly, but I mean, you know, some of those names you recognize, I mean, Russell's still yep. playing in the NHL. Uh, Derek Dorsett uh, unfortunately had to retire because of an injury, but uh, probably would be still playing if he was okay. And then uh, Tyler Ennis has bounced around a, a bunch of teams, but still yeah, he's with Ottawa, I think. He's in Ottawa, year. yeah. In yeah. Ottawa now, um, most of his career in Buffalo at the beginning mm -hmm. there, when he was a productive player, but he's still a serviceable NHLer. He's got good speed, and so I mean that Medicine Hat team with Darren Helm, it's it was a loaded. Uh, and uh, we all yep. know, you know, he was a goal scorer. I mean, 
you know, hands down in the WHL. He had, he was their leading scorer at a couple of those years. And he, he's just, and always, again, he's not as fast now, but he was known for his speed and uh, in the NHL too, but you know, the WHL, he was known for that breakaway speed. And, and of course he scored goals, which, uh, you know, that's, 41 goals, like I say, in 2005, 2006, 25 and 06-07. Um, you know, and that and that kind of brought to in that year, he had the 10 goals in the playoffs, too. So uh, mm-hmm. I believe that was the year he went to the Memorial Cup. So I solidified him status a little more. There you go. And then he was drafted uh fifth round by the Red Wings in 2005, which would have been that um year he scored the no, the year after he scored the 41 goals. So he may have draft, been drafted higher if that was his draft year in 06. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Darren Helm, he he was a pretty good, I mean, he didn't play a lot in the WH, only had three seasons, but all three seasons were pretty productive because then he went to the Red Wings uh, after his third season in the WHL. And uh, and then, well, we all know how, how good of a player he was with the Red Wings. And I, uh, you know, really good third, fourth line guy, uh, great in the penalty killer, uh, great speed, like I say, and um, very fun to watch. He's a fun to watch. He's a player that's, you know, with that speed, he's he's an exciting guy. I'm not a super goal scorer. I mean, his career high was only, uh, let's see here, 12, 15 goals. 15 goals is his career high, which, I mean, it's not massive, but I mean, still a big part of those uh, Detroit Red Wings teams over the years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's a decorated player. He's got some awards under his belt. Um, he was on a world junior team, of course, yeah. in 607, which featured the the Jonathan Taves, where he went and did the, you know, the shootout, obviously, that everybody's well aware of. Yeah. <laughs> or if you're too young, you can YouTube it. Um, but, you know, like, yeah, it's like you said, he, he became a very, you know, he was a dominant player in junior, but then became a very serviceable player in the National Hockey League. And I think that's like how a, a handful of guys careers go. Um, you know, you, you're that 40, 30 goal scorer in the WHL and then you take a different path in the NHL. And, uh, you know, it's worked out for him and his loyalty to Detroit has paid off immensely, obviously, um, you know, winning a Stanley Cup. And now being in the Stanley Cup final once again with the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, you talk about early on in his career and how he was able to establish himself quickly. And he was a guy that, uh, like, when he was in that Stanley Cup run against Pittsburgh, he was a guy that uh, Pittsburgh hated because Helm was known to throw his body around. I mean, he was just a, a, a loose cannon out there. And not only that, like, he just plays that gritty you know, nail gun style of hockey and he just became a pest. And, you know, those that Detroit team was pretty disgusting when you look back at it with, um, with, you know, Datsuk and Zetterberg and Lidstrom and um, Marion Hosa and just the skill that they had. Holy cow. Um, it's just ridiculous. And, you know, for Helm to establish himself as, you know, a dominant player back in juniors, um, it, it, it's it's pretty cool to see you know the career that he's had and uh i'll be honest i forgot he was on colorado this year until about halfway through the season so <laughs> and he was well the thing is is like he's turned into um still a great fourth line guy i mean you still want him on your team and uh mm-hmm. you know and he's shown that value in the playoffs so far and uh like 
yesterday, he, I thought he was going to score the first goal. Like he yep. had a heck of a first period and uh, it would have been great if he would have scored and we're talking about him now, <laughs> but absolutely they had a strong game because uh, you know, he, he had a couple of really good chances in that game and uh, you know, joining a team that was traditionally a rival, the Red Wings is uh, I'm sure Red Wings fans really love this. So, <laughs> Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah helm is still i think he can still play a few years he's 35 but i mean yep. he's probably thinking of retirement soon but uh still has some good speed he's not as fast as he used to be but um still so you can still see it in his game so um yeah helm has been it's been a heck of an nhl player and like you said carving out a role and you know a lot of these guys sometimes they can't do it i mean they go you're a scorer in junior, you get to the NHL and you can't do it. You can't score yep. as much. And then you're kind of like, well, what do I do now? Well, you got to turn into something else. And another guy that I really look back on as being a type player like that too, is Matt cook. Um, cook totally. was a, a scorer in junior. I mean, he's a prolific scorer from what I remember um, not to go off too off track here, but similar type, you know, turned into a good third, fourth line guy. Um, yeah. I had yep. his moments where he, you know, say, some of the dirty hits he had, but um, still yeah, a handful. Yeah. No, that's okay. still a really good third, fourth line guy. And he could well, jump up yeah. into the top six at times. And so I, you have to carve out a niche and not everyone can be Alex Ovechkin. Not anyone, everyone can be goal no. scorers. And, and that's, I think where people so. go wrong too. People yeah. think that, you know, like there's this high anticipation or expectation, sorry, that, yeah, you, you're going to be, you got to be the next McDavid, the next Ovechkin, you know, next Kale McCarr. And that's just not the case in a lot of, a lot of players. Yeah. And there's a whole team of players. You need third, fourth line guys too. <laughs> kind yeah. of a team full of, of goal scorers that, because uh, there's only one puck on the ice. <laughs> uh, we're going to get cut off here. 38 minutes. Okay. I'll, I'll stop. And then I'll just stop. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll just bounce off what I'll leave and then just rejoin and bounce off what you said. And we can just continue to talk yeah, about that it. Works. That works. Okay. And, and that's just it though. Like there's lots of guys that don't, um, you know, have those NHL careers, like they can't carve out those roles. And you think about guys like, um, you know, I was actually just looking at, the WHL all-star team that he played on um, in the CHL versus Russia series that they did mm. back in the day. And, you know, he played with guys like Kyle Chipchura, who was a, just, you know, such a dominating force on the Prince Albert Raiders back in the day, but had troubles having that, you know, jump in the NHL. Dustin Boyd was another guy, mm -hmm. Justin Keller. Um, there's a number of guys uh, that you can just go through the list and think about guys who were just very, very dominant junior players but taking that next step it was hard and sometimes it has to do with the with the you know the age of the game some players were built for different you know different eras um a guy that a lot of people look on is uh eric christensen mm -hmm. he was somebody who in today's modern nhl would be flourishing especially in the last 10 years he would have flourished but his style of hockey and his style of play wasn't suited for the NHL back in, you know, 0506, 06, 07. And that's ended up why he would bounce around and ended up ultimately, I think he played 200 games maybe in the NHL, but ultimately he ended up playing, 
a huge, huge career over in Europe, in Sweden and in Russia. And that's just, you know, that's kind of what, you know, what the path is sometimes for players. And I think that a lot of guys need to be more open to what the, you know, what the reality is and not what the expectation is. Mm -hmm. Well, like just looking at the draft this year, like you, you're seeing all these guys that have you look like they has, have offensive potential and then, you know, they make it to the, you know, as high as maybe AHL and they can't bust through into the NHL. Yeah. And, you know, you may have this, and this is where I always look at, it's the same thing as, you know, this is going into a real world example of, you know, going from high school, you're like the high a plus guy and in, in after grade 12 and then you go into university where you're all, all against all people that are that way so yeah. i mean now all of a sudden you're competing against a whole bunch of other people that are the same level as you or yep. higher and you can't stand out as much and that and that happens i mean you're playing against guys in the in whl ohl teams full of guys and against guys that never get drafted that aren't you know, NHL caliber players. And now you move into a next level where you have all NHL caliber players. So it's sometimes hard to stand out then. So it's unfortunate. That's how it has to be, but that's what, that's how it is. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think like, just to give one more example of a player who kind of didn't find his role in the NHL is a former Vancouver giant, Gilbert Brulet. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like you think about a guy who had, you know, 39 goals and, you know, a multiple 20, 30 goal seasons in Vancouver. And then just for whatever reason, wasn't able to find that step. And he had one year in Edmonton where he was doing decent, but then just it. Yeah. You know, he, he made a career out of himself in the KHL and congratulations to him. Obviously he's a, he was a legend back when I was young. Um, You know, just, I remember, I remember specifically with him that he was injured one time. And I think they're the Blazers were playing against uh, them in the playoffs. I can't remember, but I just remember specifically he was scratched for the game against Kelowna and they saved him for the Saturday game against Kamloops. And I was like, wow, of course, Vancouver would do that. They'd save their best <laughs> player for us. <laughs> so I was like 10 year old, 11 year old me getting mad back in the day about that. But, but, you know, back on track to, you know, the guy we're talking about Darren Helm, um, you know, he had a humongous goal for Colorado against St. Louis to send them to the Western Conference yeah. Finals. And when he scored that with less than five seconds left, you know, those are the players you need. You know, you talked about John Cooper talks along about how, you know, depth is what helps them with Tampa Bay a lot. And Colorado has that depth. And you saw it last night. And it's, you know, you're this Colorado team is exciting to watch right now. And what, you know, what Helm provides to the team, not, you know, just, he's got three points in 15 games, but it's not just that it's that defensive style of play. It's getting the pucks on net, which count. And it's just that, you know, that bouncer mentality that he has to, you know, play a gritty style of playoff hockey and his locker room, you know, locker room abilities and leadership abilities, you know, being in a Stanley cup final before winning a WHL championship, winning a gold medal. He knows what it means to, um, you know, step up and compete at, you know, the highest level of competition. Yeah. And that's the, that's the veteran presence that you still need on these teams. Like you can have a, a locker room full of young guys. You still need these veterans and, you yeah. know, all these, you know, say get rid of the veterans, get rid of the veterans. No, you need them. You still do. You do. I mean, yeah, you have a young team, but you need the veterans to kind of balance it out because you need that experience. 
And yeah, you know, that kind of flies by a bit uh, on rebuilding teams. They're like, Oh, just go all young, but yeah, you, you need, you need some older players on the team still. So. Absolutely. And, you know, just to trickle back on him, obviously staying topic on Darren, Darren Helm, but you go back into the Memorial cup. Okay. Championship game against Vancouver. Vancouver wins three to one. Vancouver scores are Spencer Mahachek, Michael Repik, Mario Bleznak. Who scores for Madison hat? Darren Helm. Darren Helm. Yeah. <laughs> so there, there you go. He steps up in big, big moments. And will he score here in the Stanley cup final? I think he'll get a goal. Absolutely. He'll probably get uh, at least one. Yeah. I think he'll get at least one. It's that, you know, it's that depth that's going to get Colorado, I think over the edge um, and fast paced. And just, there's, there's a lot to Colorado. Kale McCarr is just a wizard out there. Holy <laughs> smokes. Can you imagine if Kale McCarr played in the WHL? Like he would have, been like there's that viral clip of him just bodying the guys in in that in the alberta league right where he he reverse hits the two guys and then wraps it around and scores oh he would have been a menace in the whl that's the thing kale mccarr's one of those guys that doesn't he's not just a finesse guy like he he can hit too oh yeah and he's got (laughs) that you know he's gonna be that type of guy um but you know you'd look at what they're doing and how helm can you know maybe help calm the room a little bit like maybe he was the guy that helped calm the room going into overtime last night like we you know yeah that if you're from canada um i think if you're from the u.s you can watch this too but if you're from canada you can watch quest for the cup on youtube and it's the nhl's documentary series on the uh stanley cup playoffs and they're actively shooting it right now they've got three episodes up so far and you know it'll be interesting to see what the locker room is like for the colorado avalanche and who is you know, stepping up and providing that presence. And without a doubt, you got to bet that, you know, Mr. Helm is uh, you know, playing dad role for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Helm, well, like, I think, is he the oldest on the team? I think he is. Other than older. Jack Johnson. Yeah. Jack Johnson. And yeah. They're the same age, 35. They're the same age. Yeah. So they're the two veterans in the room. And uh, yeah, and Helm's definitely a guy that's going to be talking um, for yep. sure. Well, and it's like we talked about, he's been in those big, big games, right? So he's got that, you know, whether maybe he was a guy who was, you know, panicking in a big game and they had that veteran presence to help calm everybody down. And then he knows what to expect, right? You'd look back at when they won the Stanley Cup and, you know, I'm sure Zetterberg and Lidstrom and those guys, you know, Hosa were, you know, telling the young guys, just calm down, you know, just get your head in the game. Don't panic. Uh, you know, you've got one win in the Stanley Cup stars. So I think, you know, he, he he's doing that right now. Um, and if you look back at that Memorial Cup, too, just to continue on with this, the, there was some interesting names that participated. You know, you look at the Vancouver team, obviously they were the host. They won, you know, Milan Lucic, um, Michael Repik, Garrett Hunt, Wacey Rabbit, Craig Cunningham, J.D. Watt, Vander Kane, Jonathan mm-hmm. Blum, Cody Franson. You look at the Plymouth Whalers team, um, and they had, you know, Jared Bowl was a guy who played in the NHL for a little bit briefly with Columbus. Um, Chris Terry, Tom Sestito. Wow, they really like their tough guys. Uh, <laughs> James Neal, there you go. He's He was ripping it up in the American Hockey League recently um, with Springfield. So, I mean, yeah, yeah like that Memorial Cup run. Look, was, oh, and then the Lewiston Maniacs, who don't even exist anymore, but they had Jonathan <laughs> Bernier. And uh, the other, oh, David Perron. So there you go. Yeah, some good names in there too. 
they don't even exist anymore but <laughs> but that's our bus ride segment for this week we went off topic but that's what we do we explained that last week that with these segments we will probably go heavily off topic so um feel free to skip forward obviously if this information <laughs> bores you um but it's something that we like to do and uh there's something special that'll be coming with this segment in the future that even Matthew doesn't know about, but it's something that we're going to be bringing to you uh, every week for sure here in the future. Um, so some other news to just to sign off with for the episode today. Uh, it's been a long winded episode. So thank you very much for sticking along. If you have um, Canlis Blazers forward, Luke Toporowski signed an American hockey league deal with the Providence Bruins. So congratulations to him. Uh, if you've listened to the show, you know, we were, you know, very, highly, touting this kid and i don't think that was the word i wanted to use but we were uh you know really looking forward to see where he, he would go because he was a player who obviously came to camos had a just an unreal chemistry combination there with stan coven and just what toporowski was able to do in that short amount of time which um if there's any whl fact checkers out there i do believe he was one of the top players to uh have like the most total points after being traded uh, cause he mm. had like 37 points in 21 games, something just ridiculous, um, since being acquired by Camelops. But yeah, so congratulations to him. Um, it's an American hockey league deal only. So we'll see well, obviously what he can do with that. Um, but that, I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that he got signed by someone. I thought he probably would. Um, yep. you know, he's one of those guys that, yeah, like you said, had great chemistry, um, in Camelops there and he, he deserves a, a chance to have a, you know, to be able to get maybe an NHL contract down the road here. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, right? You look at a team like Providence and you look at, uh, you know, obviously who they're associated with says right in their name Bruins, um, <laughs> you know, Boston has done. Oh, okay. So the Boston Bruins have done some weird stuff, obviously with firing Bruce Cassidy. That was an odd one. Couldn't yeah. imagine being him, but you look at what the Bruins have been able to do in terms of development in you know, in recent years and in the past, obviously. And, you know, maybe he's a guy who becomes a diamond in the rough for them and ends up, you know, carving out that Darren Helm role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you never know. <laughs> yeah, you do. You, you never know. That's why that's why you take the chances. That's why the Canucks went and, you know, got our steep Baines, right? Yeah, yeah. So it, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, we'll obviously keep, a you know, an eye on, um, on Topo's uh, stats next season. Um, in other news, though, Josh Williams of the Edmonton Oil Kings was named WHL Player of the Week, and Sebastian Costa was named Goalie of the Week. No surprises. Um, a one trade happened. The Prince George Cougars have acquired forward Chase Wheatcroft from the Winnipeg Ice in exchange for a fourth-round pick in the 2023 Prospects Draft. So already some little bit of trades happening, some news there. Um, I'm sure this offseason will be, we'll be busy. But... Uh, just to wrap things up, uh, the Counts Blazers associate coach Mark Hollick has stepped down, uh, so the Blazers will be needing to look for another coach. And the Regina Pats have signed first-round bantam pick Cole Temple. Um, so the Pats obviously loading up. Uh, you know, they made the statement we talked about a little bit last week, but they made the statements that they were uh, very focused on building around Connor Bedard and building a championship team around Bedard for next season. So obviously they're a team that's going to load up. And man, you've got you got that kid right there. He's the recruitment tool. Like you don't even yeah. need to like, you just say Connor Bedard's name and people will come, sure. which makes me wonder if like Joachim Kemmel is going to come over. Oh, because he Regina owns his rights to the import draft. 
he gets drafted by, you know, let's say Ottawa or he gets drafted by whatever team. I'm just going to say Ottawa because I've seen him ranked there on a lot of rankings. Um, it's hard not to envision them going, yeah, you're not playing in Finland this year. You're coming to play here in the CHL. Because if you think about it and, and like, it, it would be a higher, t- would, it, would it be a higher tier of hockey? Oh, I don't know. Cause he would be playing against juniors compared to men over in the Finnish mm. league. He would also dominate the WHL, but, but that's just it, right? Like you, they're going to have to go out and, you know, acquire some talent. And I think he's a guy who could be uh, of use next season for sure. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in Regina. No, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, the thing is, like you said, that, that, <laughs> That uh, carrot of playing with Bedard is would be pretty tantalizing to me, at least. <laughs> oh, absolutely! You just that's all you got to do is just dangle that in front of people, and it works. Um, <laughs> and like they're gonna have to really just like build their team, I think. And you know, they're gonna have to offload some guys and make some moves here because you know Regina is not they're not the the best team in that terms. Um, but I think with some retooling and obviously with what Bedard did in the second half of the season and, you know, getting up to that hundred point mark and what he was able to do, um, you know, it's like we talked about, you're only going to get better. And I think next year he takes that extra step. Tanner Howe, obviously a former guest here on Western centric. He was a guy who um, had a great year, just flew under the radar. I mean, honestly, and he's another guy who's going to step up big, I think next season too. Yeah, I I think so too. I mean that's yeah, they there's probably some changes to the roster, but well, you know, just having Bedard there, I think it's gonna be, it's gonna be fine. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, you know, yeah, very very luxurious player to have. Um, and just one final piece of news here as I was just looking on my second screen here. The WHL did announce their 2022-2023 regular season start date and the preseason schedule for this year. Uh, WHL teams will be unveiling their home openers uh, beginning June 20th, so just in a few days from now. Um, but the preseason, the, uh, the WHL season will begin September 23rd. And the preseason will open up on September 9th, which just happens to be my birthday. Yeah. So, yeah. There you go. So, that's about it. That does it for today's episode, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, we appreciate all the listens and shares as of late, obviously. Um, follow us on Twitter at Western Centric. Hit us up with an email, the Western Centric Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow my work with Daily Face Off Nation Network down below, as long as Matthew's work with the Hockey Writers. All the links are in the description below. Uh, Thank you guys so much. Enjoy your weekend. We'll catch you next week.